0: 630 chad inside sports with reed wilkins weekdays at six on 630 chad the game is over when the final buzzer sounds the analysis ends when you say it does this is overtime open line interviews analysis and your opinion oilers hockey is brought to you by world of spas and now the heartland ford overtime open line Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 44%, 44% of the shootout for his career. Shoots from distance. To win it at the rock. Dreisaitl in over the blue line. Between the hatches, and scores. This game is over. Leon Dreisaitl has won it in a shootout. 4-3, Edmonton, Oilers
1: 4-0, heading to the world's most famous arena. Well, the Oilers pull it out. First 4-0 start since... Oh, 0809 oh, they tie it late After video review, we will discuss that. An exciting overtime, five minutes straight of great action. Miko Koskinen coming up big for the Oilers tonight. And you heard Dreisaitl getting the only goal in the shootout. 4-3 is your final. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, Oilers Hockey, presented by World of Spas. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, let's start with the tying goal tonight. With a minute six left, McDavid scores on the power play. And watching this play, live action, full speed, I didn't think it was going to count. As a matter of fact, I I was surprised when the referee announced, I'm reviewing it, but I've called it a goal on the ice, because I didn't think he'd he'd called it a goal on the ice.
2: No, he he blew the whistle, and he blew the whistle because he lost sight of the puck. He thought the puck was inside the goalie's pads. Uh, Mm -hmm. He couldn't see it. I mean, that's not on him. But we've seen this, oh, probably seven or eight times over the last few years, where uh, a player will score on a puck that bounces loose but the ref had blown the whistle or was about to blow the whistle and those games those goals have been denied so i agree i think those goals should be allowed but i was with you i thought this was going to be an easy call for the referee saying no goal and i also agreed with you i thought when he blew the whistle on the ice it was the play was dead and then he changed and said that you know what we counted it on the ice that i think made it easier in the video because now you got to overturn that. right? So I, I, I thought it was, in all honesty, the wrong call from what we've seen in the last few years, but a break that the others certainly took advantage of.
1: Yeah, the the rule here, I, 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 you can get the rule book online if you're interested in reading through it ever. <laughs> it's it's why. boring. You'd be interested in reading it's the whole boring. thing. You'd want to find relevant sections. As there is human factor involved in blowing the whistle to stop play, the referee may deem the play to be stopped slightly prior to the whistle actually being blown. But he actually did blow the whistle on that one. Now, at full speed, he it might have actually blown after the puck crossed the line. But then in his head, he would have been thinking the play was dead before it crossed the line. So I, I think he kind of thought to himself, oh, wait, that puck was, was loose. Because it was, he he did lose sight of it, but it mm. was available for McDavid. Yeah, and, I mean, McDavid didn't...
2: No, we see that we see that it a lot. Anything to get it we out. see that a lot where a referee blows the blows the play dead because he loses sight, and that's what he's supposed to do. On this one, it was easy to lose sight of it because it was inside the the, the legs of the goaltender. No one could see it other than eventually Connor McDavid. Uh, yeah, no, from everything that we've seen in the past, that would have been no goal. I, I, I You and I are both very, very surprised, and from listening to Bob and Jack, they too were very surprised that the Oilers were given the goal. Heaven said that, uh, you know, that was a, a very good break that they took advantage of tonight. Uh, probably didn't deserve two points but Koskinen gave them the saves they needed and they got a big goal that uh, maybe the New Jersey Devils will not agree with but two points is two points The three stars picked at the rink Settle McDavid
1: and Gusev so our fourth star is pretty easy to select tonight for White Eagle Homes built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options visit whiteeaglehomes.ca Miko Koskinen makes 31 stops, he Makes two saves in the shootout. One of the resu- one of the uh, New Jersey attempts didn't result in an actual shot. But Koskinen, uh, very good. I mean, New Jersey. I-, I mean, here's the thing: the Oilers, I think, got a break on the tying goal, but it's not relevant if New Jersey has a two or three goal lead.
2: No, you're right. And to me, I thought Koskinen was the best player for the Oilers. He wasn't to me in the f- the four star of this game. He was the first star. He's the reason that the Oilers were able to have a power play late in the game and tie the game. Uh, Koskinen was good in Long Island. Koskinen was very good in New Jersey. He made the saves in the shoot-up, but he also stopped Taylor Hall, uh, former MVP and best player on the New Jersey Devils, stopped him twice in overtime on breakaways. So uh, Koskinen kept them in. Sometimes your goalie has to win you a game on the road, and Miko certainly stole two points for the Edmonton Oilers tonight.
1: James Neal scores again, seven goals on the year, matching his total from last season. Five of his goals on the power play. Dreisaitl scored in regulation and had that shootout winner, McDavid, the tying goal, as we mentioned. A couple of assists tonight for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, his first two points on the year. 780-496-0063. We're actually having a, a New Jersey Devil fan named Al kicking off the calls tonight. Go ahead, Al.
3: Yeah, hi. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which means I usually have a very soft spot in my heart for you guys because you beat the Flyers, thank God. But you're talking about breaks. One of our—I gotta be calm here. I respect y'all, but Jack Hughes' stick is slashed out of his slashed out of his hands. No call. Last three minutes of the game, one of our players is tripped in your zone. No call. Now, granted, Coleman did make that penalty on David, Granted. I mean, you gotta call it, but why have whistles? Why have a whistle? And Koskinen did not beat Taylor Hall twice. He beat him once. The post beat him one time. But seriously, why have why have a whistle? Why have whistles? Whistles are an email. And I lost all respect for McDavid tonight because they tossed him out of the uh, they tossed him out they tossed the face-off. And then all you see is McDavid come in. He starts barking at the ref. Come on, come on, come on. Who the
2: hell is he? <laughs> all right. Or he's not happy.
1: Point. No, he's not happy at all. He said he was going to be nice, and he was nice, and then he lost it at the very end.
2: All I said, I mean, I, I just stated a fact. McDavid did come in and win the face I mean, and It was funny, right before the faceoff, talked, we, we, they took the face-off. We were going on it. We said, well, if someone gets dr- thrown out, we we have three centermen on the ice. And then Lee, or Connor goes in there. That's a huge face-off. If he doesn't win that, the New Jersey Devils, A, get to ice it and waste time, but B, there's also an empty net. So there's a possibility of that puck getting shot down into an empty net. But Connor McDavid won it. That allowed the Oilers to set up. And once you're set up in a six-on-four, you know, good things are going to happen. And and good on the Oilers. They got the puck through. That is a, Oscar Clefbaum getting the puck not only on net or through, but on net that allows for a, a tip, allows for a rebound. So good on the Oilers fighting back. They got a break, but they took full advantage of it.
1: All right, 4-3, the Oilers win it. A $100 donation to 630 Chet Senna's Anonymous, courtesy of Ascendant Financial. The Financial. They're given $25 for every goal throughout the season. When the name of the game is life, there is Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. Oilers next game against the Rangers. We're going to sign on 9.30 in the morning on Saturday for the face-off show. The game will start at 11. All right, Nick on line three. Go ahead, Nick.
4: Hey, guys, another good win tonight. We probably didn't deserve that win. I think both of you guys would agree. I don't know if you agree with me on that, but it wasn't the best out of our four games. Um, but, wow. Uh, usually we watch these guys play and what what do we see? A flat game and they they give it up. They just stop playing. But tonight, Connor, what can we say about Connor? Just keep playing, right? Uh, Rob, you, you can tell us and everyone at home. Just keep playing to the whistle. And do whatever you can to score. That's what he does. These boys are rolling, and I expect them to really have a lot of energy on uh, Saturday in New York, and uh, let's uh, be 5-0 and o for the first time. Enjoy the night, guys.
1: Yeah, thanks for calling, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I thought the, the Oilers were outplayed on the whole tonight, especially uh, most of the second period, though they did enough at the end of the second period to tie the game. The, the Devils were the better team in the third, Mm -hmm. Uh, And probably overtime as well. And overtime. That was an incredible overtime.
2: Oh, that was fun. Five straight minutes of end-to-end action. But,
1: uh, I mean, look, it's 4-0. Like we were saying the other night, you can only beat the teams in front of you. You can't... That's the best record you can have at this part of the season. So so take it and move on. And as as the season goes along, some nights you need your goalie to be the best player. And if he is, you'll probably at least get something out of the game. So Koskinen... Did that tonight. Uh, I think too often last year, the last couple of years, the Oilers had the second-best goalie on the ice mm-hmm. in a lot of games. So if, if he can keep you in it, more power to you.
2: Well, I, I, you know, I, It can't
1: be the only way you win, no, but no,
2: sometimes it has to be. But I rarely remember a night last year where the Oilers' goaltending won them a hockey game. Uh, and, and we talked about it near the end of the season. When you look back over what we'd seen and, and why things had gone south the way they did, there was just too many nights where, you, as you said, the Oilers' goaltender was the second-best goaltender, and even when they had a good game, they never stole a game. And tonight, Koskinen came up with big save after big save, so uh, th- th- there were leaks in the Oilers' game tonight. The, the big mistake, the big scoring chance that they had taken out of their game a lot over the first three, it, it snuck back in tonight. Uh, They've got to get rid of that. But having Koskinen make the big save when he needed to, when the team needed him to do it, that was huge. Hopefully that's a confidence builder for Koskinen too. He started the season on the bench. You know, he gets a new contract. He's probably expecting to come in here to be the starter, maybe get pushed, but to be the starter, sits the first two games of the season. Once he gets his opportunity, he's been very good in the two games he's played.
1: The Oilers won short of the Japanese Village goal light tonight. We turn that on on the Oilers page on 630 chedcom whenever they score five or more. So it has been on twice this year already. Whenever they hit five, you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer. Japanese Village, A steak and succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. 4-3 the final in a shootout. We have uh, Steve, who I, I think was at the game tonight, but I don't know if he's another Devils fan or an actual... I, I hope you're an Oilers fan, Steve.
3: No, I am. I am. I'm a season ticket. I'm a season ticket holder, and I actually just happened to be in town for work. And I went to the game tonight. And I agree with Rob. I was just uh, listening to his comments about I thought Koskinen was the best player on the ice for sure tonight. And um, it's nice uh, to see that we seem to have confidence even when we get down a goal, whatever. That we, you know, we didn't fade like we have been the last few years. And we just, just seem to keep pushing and pushing. So it's. Uh, it's a nice, pleasant surprise, and, you know, and obviously a very pleasant surprise to be 4-0 at this time of
5: year.
6: And also, just a uh, quick note there, I couldn't believe how many Oilers
3: fans were at the game tonight. It was unbelievable.
2: Well, it is yeah, kind of a cool yeah. it's a cool trip to go on. I mean, you get to see New Jersey, Long Island. You get to hang around New York City. Um, yeah, it, if anyone has a chance to get into that area, New York City is a ton of fun to be in. If you get to watch some Oilers games while you're there, even better.
1: I got to tell you, Rob, a, a guy—if Koskinen would have been a star, a guy I might have nominated as fourth star of the game tonight—he did wind up minus one, but he plays twenty-three fifty-two. He started the play that led to the Oilers' first goal, and that was Ethan Bear.
2: He was good again. Uh, both he and Parisen have played very well in the games that they played, but Ethan Bear—he's gaining confidence each and every game he plays. And the play that he made there, I'm not sure he makes that last year. I don't know if he has the confidence to do it. The play that started the goal that eventually settle scored comes around from behind the net. He's got a player coming at him. He's only about five, six feet from his net. He makes it a little, pulls the puck in a little bit and just kind of slides it through the New Jersey Devil forward's feet right to a Connor McDavid who's in full speed. Uh, there were question marks when Larson went down. Question marks can bear play, you know, in a top four pairing? Can he play as a shutdown guy? Is he gonna be able to have the consistency? We know he's got talent, but he's got the consistency to do it on a nightly basis. Well, he's got consistency thus far, and he also has the trust of a coaching staff because they're playing him top two, top three minutes each and every night And he has looked very, very good in the minutes he's played.
1: All right, Oilers take it 4-3 in a shootout as we look at the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. If you're looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Lightning outscore the Maple Leafs 7-3. The Red Wings get a 4-2 win in Montreal. The Ducks beat the or sorry, the Ducks lose for the first time this season, falling 2-1 to the Penguins. Blues knock off the Senators 6-4 in the third. Capitals and Predators are tied at 4. Also in the third, 2-2 Wild and Jets. San Jose looking for its first win, 4-4 with Chicago after 2. Dallas leads Calgary 1-0 after the second period. In the second period, Boston with a 2-1 edge on the Avalanche. Golden Knights and Coyotes are scoreless early. Baseball playoffs, top of the ninth. Astros up 6-1 on the Rays, so they're looking good to advance. And uh, Thursday night football tonight, New England 21, New York Giants 14. That's about halfway through the third quarter. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We will go to Andy. Andy, thanks for calling.
3: Yes. How's it going, guys?
1: Good.
6: Hey, uh, just one comment, and I'd like to hear your guys' input. About Mike Smith. Mike, Mike Smith handling the puck. You know what, he probably gave up a couple goals by handling the puck. But let's not forget how many goals will he save us by playing the puck, or how many goals will we even score by him playing the puck. So let's not get too hard on Mike Smith.
2: What do you
1: guys think? Well, uh, totally agree. I yeah. that's part of his game.
2: I don't think anyone's getting hard on Mike Smith. You talk, you listen to the players. You listen to the coaching staff. They know that mistakes happen, just like they do for defensemen, just like they ha- do for forwards. But what you, what he has, is a skill set that very few in the National Hockey League possess. Defensemen love. What Mike Smith does by coming out and playing the puck, it saves the wear and tear there on their bodies tremendously. So I don't think there's any f- negative negativity coming out of the dressing room for what Mike Smith does when he has the puck on his stick.
1: Yep, and he probably plays. He probably plays Saturday just because I don't know if they're going to go with the same goalie three games in a row because they're very worried about fatigue. You know, load management to use the Kawhi Leonard phrase that we got to learn from the rappers this season. I mean, I mean, maybe, but kind of my gut would tell me.
2: And also like back with Smith, and also the fact that it's an afternoon game. Afternoon so, that's, game. so that's another eight, and, seven hours of and, less and sleep and time thing, for him. I,
1: I I feel like with the goaltending, they don't want one of them playing too often, which means they also don't want one guy sitting too long. So you may say, well, we like Koskinen's game, but do we want to have Smith having nine or ten days between nope. starts from Saturday to the following? Absolutely fair. Nine days.
2: Absolutely fair. Having said that, if Koskinen was in, you couldn't really argue no, that no one either. Would object
1: either? I yep. don't think. Which nope. is which is a good situation to be in mm-hmm. I agree and and to get back to the bear thing and again we're four games in so we'll see where we go but so often in their bad years the Oilers have put players in the lineup because they didn't have a better option mm-hmm. Well, right now you know right now we'll see hopefully we're still saying this in a month but we're saying it for now you feel fine with either goalie in there you know, Ethan Bear maybe got a bit of a break with Pearson and then Larson being yep. injured, but he also earned that spot. He earned the opportunity to be the obvious selection if there was a spot available. Hey, I know so, what it's all
2: about. So. My my first NHL game because one of the players got hurt, broke his wrist. That's the only reason I got to play. You get an opportunity, you gotta take full advantage of it. And Bear has Bear has been very, very good through four games.
1: All right, we'll go to Brian. Brian, thanks for calling. Yeah, Brian here Calgary, Alberta,
6: minus ten. I'm outside waiting <laughs> for the girl guys. To <laughs> <finish their height.
2: laughs> Is it snowing there?
6: It's not snowing, but there's a lot of snow on the ground. We got a few inches there two nights ago, but it's uh, roads are good. Everything's good.
2: I do love my Girl Guide cookies, though. I really do. Right on. Right <laughs> on. What's on your mind, man?
6: I, I got to ask you, what did you guys see or hear? Why did Dave Tippett not go for goaltender interference? Obvious to everybody watching on TV that uh, that man was... Uh, uh, in Koskinen's way, but how come Tippett didn't make the call and he yelled down at uh, Glenn Gulletson, something something? I want them to learn a lesson don't appeal it, but what did you guys see in here? Um, he didn't make the appeal.
2: I, I mean we don't I didn't hear any of that What you're hearing or and I didn't see Tippett yelling uh, from what I saw it looked like the New Jersey's players skates were outside of the crease from from my angle, just while I'm watching it on a TV. And the problem now, the Oilers fall behind. And if they do call, do um, go for the coach's challenge and they're wrong, now they're shorthanded. So it's got to be clear-cut. You've got to be sure that that's going to be overturned. Because if it's not, now you're down a goal and you're okay, shorthanded. You. So. I don't think they would have won that challenge, Brian,
1: because I think Koskinen's moving across. And, and uh, Cole, was it Coleman? And and Nurse are in front and I think they just would have said it was three guys getting tangled up. I, I, I'm really not sure they would have won that challenge. I brought it up to Rob right away and then in the replay I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they would have got that one, man. But but it, but Rob's right. You're shorthanded if you're wrong on a challenge and he probably didn't want to take that chance unless it was super. they don't want coaches challenging unless it's super obvious. Thanks guys. I understand. Thanks for your time. Brian, hang on. You're going to finish the play okay? Still there? Don't hang up, Brian.
2: He needed to go think, get the, yeah, he, he needed gone. to go get he's, some girl guy cookies. cookies. Yep. We'll have
1: somebody else finish the play. What he missed opportunity for Brian.
2: Yeah, but he's got a bunch of kids out there. He's got to get them in the warm car. It's cold in Calgary right now.
1: Oilers win four three in a shootout, dramatic fashion. They uh, trailed one nothing, tied it. They trailed two nothing, tied it. They trailed. Three, Pardon me, they trailed 2-1, tied it, trailed 3-2, tied it, and they got power play goals late in the second and the third. Now, obviously, the the third one is the one that is uh, up for debate and I'm sure has Devils fans angry, but nonetheless, the power play did come through. James Neal, now five power play goals this season. Unbelievable. It's crazy.
2: And great hand, great hands in front of that. Uh, Ryan Neutron Hopkins got off a great one-timer on that, and Neil just got a stick on it. Just a little bit of a deflection, changed the course of the direction of the puck, beat the goaltender. James Neal is the hottest man in pro hockey right now with his seventh of the season.
1: All right, we got John on the line. Go ahead, John. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Hey, uh, I just wanted to
6: ask a question. Seeing as they were in New Jersey, I've been thinking about this for a while. Especially after Dave Tippett made that comment about Adam Larson when he came in as coach, he said, "Well, uh, oh, I want the Adam Larson that I saw at the World Championships. He was loose, he was flying around, yep. and uh, you know." So I figured uh, the question to ask is, "Do you think there's pressure, like on Adam, to, to know that he's that he was the guy that trade you know, traded for, um, you know?" Hall there and uh, you know just maybe he's got to figure everybody in Edmonton love Taylor Hall and I'm the guy that you know so he feels do you think that adds to the pressure of, uh, on Adam Yeah
2: that's, uh, that's yep. a good question Absolutely I believe it does um especially when Taylor Hall wins the MVP of the National Hockey League that just adds more pressure uh, as a, a professional athlete, you're always under pressure, and then uh, something comes in where you're traded for a, a fan favorite, a guy that goes on and has success elsewhere. It's just like right now with Lucic and, and and Neil, with Lucic or with Neil scoring seven goals on the season. There's more pressure on Milan Lucic and Calgary. It's just human nature. Um, I think Larson's handled it well. Uh, I, I know that they're asking for more out of him this year, but there will always, anytime you're traded for someone, I can. I know from experience, because I've been traded, you're always checking the box scores of the guy you got traded for to see how he did the night before. And there's always a little bit of a smile when you had a better night. There's always a little bit of a, a letdown when that guy had a better night than you did. So there is added pressure, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, the first year Larson was here, he was very good. Mm-hmm. Hall had an injury-riddled year in New Jersey, and it was funny. You know, People were texting us during that year, well, the Oilers got better the trade. Next year, Larson has injuries of his own. Unfortunately, his father passes away. Hall wins the Hart Trophy. I mean, look, I I get it. Adam Larson is not going to be as spectacular a defenseman as as Taylor Hall, but you can't undo this trade, and it's Dave Tippett's job to get Adam Larson to be the defenseman he was the year the Oilers made the playoffs. Unfortunately, he's hurt, so we'll see how he bounces back, but... You're right. I mean, I'm sure Larson thinks about that, but probably the less he thinks about it, (laughs) the the better he'll hopefully do. Oilers pull it out 4-3 in a shootout. Quick break for the news. More of your phone calls, post-game reaction from New Jersey. This is Overtime Open Line presented by Heartland Ford.
0: Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6:30, Chad. But here's Gusev, One timer. What a save made by Koskinen on Heecher, and then the rebound on Brat. Koskinen with a quick
1: start, two terrific saves, and the Oilers will get a clear. And he kept it going. Save of the game for Koskinen brought to you by Jiffy Loop. Keeping you moving, Koskinen gets the win. Oilers take it 4-3 in a shootout. Koskinen, 28 saves in the shootout. Gusev fumbled the puck, and then Koskinen stopped Hughes and Hall for the Oilers. Nugent Hopkins uh, fumbled the puck. McDavid was stopped. Dreisaitl scored to end the game. You were wondering what happened with those uh, those two guys losing the puck.
2: And which one was this again? The two in the shootout. Uh, well, we t- I was watching the game in the third period and in an overtime. There seemed to be a lot of pucks bouncing on players, passes that were just looked like they were going to hit the stick and they bounced over the stick. Guys losing control in the in the offensive zone. So on both plays, I think the Gusov and Nuge felt they had complete control of the puck, and just as they were about to make their move on the net, the puck just either rolled or bounced on them. So sometimes when you play in certain arenas the ice isn't as good, and the others are going to find that out again on Saturday, is uh, Madison Square Gardens notorious, notoriously has poor ice conditions that affect the way the puck plays.
1: Well, they let those circus animals just roam
2: around. Oh, it's it's awesome games. though, though in there you got you take you walk up the the ramp from the bus to the I think it's the fifth floor that the dressing rooms are on, and you walk by the floor where all the animals from the circus are. It's awesome, and you can walk. We, we got to walk down there, and you'd see all the the lions and the elephants and everything in their cages and stuff. It was pretty cool. Smelled, it really really <laughs> smelled bad in Madison Square Gardens when the circus was in town but and it certainly affects the way the ice is the ice conditions when you play there
1: James don't hang up after you make your point because you're our finish the play contestant. I don't want to lose you like we lost the guy from Calgary but go ahead
3: I just wanted to say I really enjoyed the overtime. The overtime was back and forth. It was very exciting, and I could not believe that Taylor Hall missed that uh, on that whether where he hit the goalpost and that. it was The Oilers are playing very well, and I hope they continue it for the wall because it's very exciting to watch this season. And I'm wondering if they'll go rotate their goaltenders maybe every two to three games that they might give the other guy a rest and put in the other goalie. What do you think about that point? <laughs>
2: Well, good point. First of all, great point on the overtime. I thought the overtime was incredible. It was fun. I mean, it's one of those where you cannot take your eyes off the screen in fear of missing something cool. And Taylor Hall had two glorious chances to to beat his former teammates. Uh, and it would have been, uh, you know, not well, not see, if you're an Oilers fan.
1: wasn't his teammate. Uh-huh. Koskinen wasn't oh, his former,
2: former team. teammates. Oh, teammates, sorry. Teammates, his Edmonton Oilers teammates. But it would, I mean, you, you don't wish it against the Oilers, but it would have been pretty cool to see someone go between his legs in overtime to score his goal on the second breakaway he had. As for the goaltending, um, I don't think there is a true number one here in, in Edmonton, so I think you're going to see the goalies rotated. I think the one thing that they feel, and this is just my personal opinion, is they got a goaltender that is older in Mike Smith and they got a goaltender that seemed to tire with overworked last year. So I believe that neither goaltender will be overworked and you will see them rotate on not only wins and losses, but rotate on just trying to get them both enough rest to get them at their best.
1: Alright James, just for playing, finish the play, you get 8 days parking at JetSet Parking. Best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com Self Park, as low as 5 per day with the promo code CHED. It's
0: Brendan, clap bomb. What timer, deflected in front of Blackwood, doesn't know where the puck is, it slammed home, but the whistle went before McDavid scored.
1: Well, the goal would count, James, so true or false, Connor McDavid has now scored against every other team in the NHL. True. Absolutely. The Devils were the last one he needed to get one against. Controversial one, but he gets it. And James, your name goes into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting. That's valued at 1000 bucks. Safe, adrenaline-pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout. Got a text here from Red Dog. He says, if the Oilers go 80-2, and two, which two games do you think they will lose?
2: <laughs> that's, that's a, that is good. Uh, one uh, in Vegas and one in Washington. There you go. A, I make Rob, my predictions.
1: Rob uh, picked up. This texture says, over the course of the season, you are not going to win games playing the Nurse-Bear pairing five minutes more than Clefbom, Pearson, or Clefbom with anyone. Bear and Nurse have negative goal percentage and Corsi percentage. They have to make better use of Benning if they're going to make the playoffs. Bear is not better than a third pairing D. He's minus four. Benning is plus five. Well, it's... Wow, Benning gets a lot of uh, criticism usually on the text line, so...
2: I, I nice think. to have someone going to backfield. Oh, I agree. I'm, I'm a huge Matt Benning fan. And I think Matt Benning has been used very well this year. He's been put in position that he can succeed. And he has, obviously, plus five on the year. Very good for a third pairing defenseman, especially on a team that I don't know how many even strength goals they've scored this year because they've scored a lot of power play ones. He seems to be on for almost every. Goal that they score, even strength. Uh, as for Bear and and Nurse, obviously that wouldn't be your pairing, your number one pairing, if Larson was healthy. But Bear has played well, and he's going to get better. There's going to be warts in his game. He's still very, very young in his NHL career. Uh, the Oilers are trying to get through right now, having a couple inexperienced defensemen in their lineup in Paris and, and Bear, and thus far it's worked. Some of it with luck, some of it was good goaltending, but uh, we'll see. I, I believe both Paris and Bear will continue to get better as the season goes on. This
1: guy says uh, on the text line, what do you think of the play of the bottom six? Do you think that group is sustainable? Uh, good question. I think Shane's played well. Uh, Patrick Russell is quietly effective mm-hmm. um, you know I think chase on and Archibald are gonna bump somebody out when they come back and they might have to assign somebody or, or, or wave somebody you know granlin has been pretty quiet though he's part of that penalty kill rotation that has been pretty good here here's the story for me for the bottom six if they can forecheck and be a little bit of a nuisance Nygaard was a bit of a nuisance tonight good but if the Oilers are gonna be like a really good team or a great team they're, they're gonna have to score so i i don't know how often the guys in the bottom i mean most of the goal scoring is still coming from the same group of guys though at least neil has been added to that group
2: i think the bottom six is really a bottom eight i think there will be competition amongst them each and every time they step into the lineup i mean you got a guy with 22 goals and a new contract and chase on out of the lineup because the guys have played well in front of him. i There will be nights where players who are playing well probably come out of the lineup. If they put both Chase on and Archibald in next game, I mean, Grandland, as I said earlier, I don't think he's played up to his potential yet. He could be a guy that could come out, but everyone else has played well enough to still be in the lineup. If Russell were to come out and he's the easiest, he's the guy that doesn't have the big pedigree or he wasn't mm-hmm. the, the guy that was expected to be here. If he comes out, it won't be because of his play because his, his line was very good tonight with Shane and Kara. They played well. They did what they needed to do and their minutes show up because they played more than Haas, Nygaard, and Grandlin. So it's tough, but it's this is a nice problem to have. For the Oilers, have guys that are healthy scratches that are playing well, because we've seen too many tight nights in the last couple of years where the Oilers have had guys playing that their play wasn't deserved, like they they didn't deserve to be in the lineup. and unfortunately, they had no depth to to bump them out. Let's
1: go to Corey on line three. Hey, Corey, go ahead. Hey, guys, thanks for taking the call.
4: Um, I was uh, calling about the goal that McDavid scored there uh, at the end of the game. Um, First off, I was—I'm unlike you, Rob, I was surprised that uh, they allowed the goal. I didn't know if they called it a goal on the ice, but hey, I'm not going to complain. The question I have, though, is uh, listening to the play. Uh, obviously, they did the replay three, four times uh, at full speed with the sound, and you can hear two distinct sounds. You can hear the whistle, and you can hear uh, something hitting the iron, right? So I don't know if it was McCabe's stick or if it was the puck hitting the very back. But I, in my perception anyways... I could tell that the, the iron sound came before the whistle. So my question is, when they send this up to the war, war room in Toronto, do they uh, do they listen for the sounds or is it purely a visual thing? Because I was quite surprised that both you guys as well as the guys on the TV were were saying they weren't sure if the goal was scored before the whistle was blown.
2: Well, they, they probably do both when it comes to they watch it. Uh, the, the guys in the war room will watch it. The referee will just see... Won't get any sounds because he's he's looking on an iPad on ice level. He's not going to be able to hear anything. The reason that we didn't think it would count because we've seen it so many times where the intent to blow the whistle usually is a split second before the whistle is blown. And we've seen goals called back when the whistle went after the puck had crossed the line. But the ref had said, I intended to blow it quicker. And when I saw it and was about to blow the whistle, the goal wasn't in. The goal went in before I blew the whistle, but my, I intended to blow it quicker. So on this one, when it was bang, bang, and it, the goal might have been in, might not have been, but the intent, the fact that he blew his whistle, he intended to blow it before that puck was picked up by McDavid. That's why we thought it would be no goal. And both Reid and I were shocked when he announced that it was good goal on the ice, and then that's
1: that's to me that's the break for the Oilers. Yep. I, I think he thought to himself, "Wait a minute, that puck was was loose. So now I'm going to say I'm I'm calling it a goal."
2: But I believe that's. He, I don't yeah. believe he was going to call it a goal on the ice. He was blowing the whistle because he lost sight of the puck. I don't think he. You know, again, Rob. We're at the point here. We're probably fans
1: have watched the replays more than we have. Because mm-hmm. once we get into the show. Uh, we're focusing on that. I, I don't remember the ref pointing at the net or pointing no, at Nick David.
2: No, no, I don't think he did either. And that's and even if the puck went in the net before or at the same time as the whistle, he didn't see that. He never saw that. So he thought the puck was covered. So that's why uh, I thought it was going to be a, a no goal. And uh, you're going to get breaks over the course of the season. We'll just chalk this one up as a, a very good break for the Edmonton Oilers and an unfortunate break if you're a New Jersey fan.
1: Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Let's go to Jared. Hey, Jared. Hi, Reed. Oh, well, hey, man. Good to hear <laughs> from
6: you. I just have a comment about Adam Larson, and then one about Leon Drysaddle. With Adam Larson, if you take the six Oilers defensemen that were in the lineup tonight, and then also Brandon Manning and Larson and uh, Bouchard, I would rank him in terms of like his ability to move the puck beat the first four checker to make outlet passes, long bomb passes. I would say Adam Larson is probably the eighth best defenseman out of those nine in terms of his ability with the puck. And I think that he, when I've been to two games this year, one exhibition and one regular season and Adam Larson, when he's in his zone, he still has that problem where he'll just rip the puck around the boards or you know, try to chip it off the glass, and there's other Oilers defensemen that are coming up that can make better outlet passes. And when I see him as like a shutdown defenseman, I think that a good shutdown like you watch Drew Doughty, one of one of his greatest traits is he can make outlet passes. He can make little passes that get him out of trouble. But Adam Larson can't do that. And the only other thing I would say about Leon Draisaitl, I think eventually, the Oilers could possibly have the two best players in the world in the next year or two. I I I I keyed on him at the games I went to and I just unbelievable how good of a player he is and he reminds me a little bit of Pierre Mariager the way he uses his body on the puck but I just got to say he's a phenomenal hockey player.
1: Jared's nice to hear from you buddy. Thanks for calling. Talk to you uh, well, I'll probably talk to you soon. That is Jared 70496063. More phone calls in a second. Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout. Here's head coach Dave Tippett.
2: Well, Coach, team is able to erase three separate one-goal deficits. What does that say about your guys in the locker room?
7: Uh, you know, I thought I didn't think we played near as well as we played the other night. We looked a little sluggish out there, but I like the way we hung around, battled. Special teams ended up being difference in the game. Our PK was pretty good, and our, uh, our PP got us a couple big goals. So uh, they can't all be masterpieces, so we'll take the win and move on.
2: Talk about how important your special teams has been to your success so far in the first four games.
7: Uh, I mean, they, they have the ability to win and lose your games. And our PK, I've really been happy with. Because they, they've they uh, they put some good work in. And, and our goals against, uh, we're trying to keep that down. And that's a big part of that. So our PK has been pretty solid. Our PP, uh, those big guys have come through for us. So neither another one tonight. So um, You know, they're... They're things you talk about and work on all the time, and they can be a difference in the game. And tonight they were.
8: So you guys did this against Vancouver. You were down with 10 minutes to play against LA. Down 10 minutes today. You trail all night, and you keep winning. Uh, what's that? You're building some belief here. Uh,
7: yeah, a little bit. There's, you gotta, we gotta find ways to win in this league. That's what it is. I got. That's what way our players were talking about after the second period, like we're not, we don't feel like we got our A game, but that's not an excuse for not winning, right? So let's find a way to win. And replaying, I give Jersey credit, they're a desperate team, they're trying to get their first win of the year, they're playing hard. So I felt like we were kind of disjointed, it just seemed like everybody was a little stuck in the mud, but we said, let's just try to find a way to win a game. And then... Uh, didn't look good we uh, you know I was thinking about challenging that that goal but it's hard when you know it's not quite 50 50 and you're going okay you challenge it, you take a penalty and then uh, you're you basically take a chance to get the goal call back but it's not you're getting a two-minute penalty and now you're under five minutes with a two-minute penalty so we decided to not challenge it and uh, trust our players to find a way to get get it back and we were lucky we did.
1: Dave, you really leaned on six guys there in overtime, your stars. Uh, what did you yeah. see from them in the extra
7: frame? I saw them get tired. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they're you know what? That's one of those things. Those guys want to be on the ice at that time. You know, they, they've they got a pretty good record of playing in those situations. So they uh, you put them on there and they come off. As soon as they come off, they look at you. They want to go back on again. So when you got some players like that, you might as well put them out there.
1: You're looking for from
7: those guys because uh, it's no secret that you're, you're a pretty top-heavy team. Well, in that situation, three on three, you might as well play your best players. <laughs> you know, you're, it's not as if you're killing a penalty or something out there. So, you know, they've I've watched those guys for years out there. You know, the three on three is exciting with them out there, and they give you a chance to win.
1: Well, the three on three was incredibly exciting. Neither team scored. The Devils uh, had the better chances, but the Oilers survive and pull it out 4 3 in a shootout. We have Terry standing by. Go ahead, Terry. Gentlemen, oh,
6: before the fickle
1: finger of fate, uh, Taylor Hall could have very easily been the
6: first star of that game tonight. He had a tough night. Um, I'm a I, I'm I've got a little sentiment for him. I met he his father and his grandfather at the racetrack a few years ago, and I had one of my young helpers actually worked out with him in a gym that summer, and um, it's nothing but good things to say about him. And I felt the same way too, so I sort of feel sorry for for him in a way. But I, I'm actually looking at that team and looking at the Oilers. I'm sitting there thinking, are we returning back to '80s hockey because that was pretty exciting. Uh, um, Um, Nice skating and and, and offensive
2: hockey was great. No, I agree. Uh, Reed and I talked about that a few times in the second period. We're saying, you know what, the Oilers aren't at their best, but it's been an exciting game. Chances going both ways, mistakes, yet great plays. It it was, uh, yeah, a bit of a throwback. It wasn't a defensive gem, but it was certainly something that will keep you interested and make you want to go back and watch it over and over again.
1: All right, Oilers pull it out 4-3 in a shootout. If you're on hold, we will get to you. We have more post-game reaction from New Jersey as well. Oilers hockey presented by World of Spas. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chair. The
1: final tonight in a shootout. Edmonton Oilers take it 4-3 over the New Jersey Devils. The Oilers are 4-0. For the first time since 08-09. They will try to go to 5-0 on Saturday against the Rangers. The last time they were 5-0 and was in 85-86. Their best start ever, 7-0 in 83-84. Or there's pulling it out. Late goal on the power play. A little bit of controversy, but it stands. McDavid got it. Exciting overtime. Dry settle, the only goal of the shootout. Let's go to Greg. Greg, thanks for calling.
3: Hey guys, how's it going? Good. So just a couple, one quick thing before I get to my point. I just want to let uh, the Flames fans know uh, just to put them at ease a little bit that James Neal is minus one, even <laughs> though he does have the seven goals. So hope, to, oh, hope that helps them sleep at night. Fair but uh, <laughs> also, I'm just wondering about that McDavid goal. Like with all the refing mistakes and errors last year, that uh, I wonder if they were talked talk to maybe the off season, saying you know if it's close, let the play go on and then fix it with replay if needed, instead of calling it offside if it's marginally close or or like the you know intend to blow the whistle let like let the play go and then and then and then fix it to replay just because I know the league wants more scoring and I they don't they want less delays and, and and stuff like that so I'm just wondering what your opinion on that is
1: well that's a really good question uh, because you know well remember when I interviewed what was that about a year and a half ago I interviewed Bettman? and he said like they don't want to be stopping the plays to review every little thing like they want to correct the obvious calls mm-hmm You know, but that was not an offside challenge or high stick or
2: kicked in. I I mean, maybe after he blew the whistle and saw the puck was in, then he's thinking, you know, maybe I shouldn't have blown it. And then he changed it in his mind. But, I mean, I'm not a mind reader, but the way it looked and what we've seen from uh, past um, referees or past experiences, it looked as though he thought the play was dead. He couldn't see the puck, so he blew the whistle. It was the wrong call. And he just corrected it on his own Cause he, if he would, and here's the thing too, if he would have said, the I, the call on the ice is no goal, then I believe it would have stayed no goal. The fact that he said the on the ice it is a goal, it was hard to overturn.
1: Yeah, yeah, really close. Uh, I mean, I I think the Oilers got a break. Some of you probably disagree, or some of you are probably just saying we've had ones go against us. So mm-hmm. we certainly this, have this, this one went our way. So, but uh, again. I will say this to put a positive spin on it from from an Edmonton perspective. If the Oilers aren't within a goal, it doesn't matter. And Mm -hmm. they were largely within a goal tonight because of their special teams and because of their goaltending.
2: Yeah, and it's in last year they had poor goaltending and terrible penalty killing. So they did not have that last year. The start of the season this year, for the most part, they've had very good goaltending and very good specialty teams.
1: The Oilers' PK on the season is now 12 out of 13. So that's pretty good through four games. It's very good. All right. We, we got to do the news here, folks. We got a full board of callers. We will do our best to get everybody on. I got to ask you to hold through the news. It's 780-496-0063. You will also hear from Leon Dreisaitl, who scored in regulation time, got the key goal in the shootout to give the Oilers the 4-3 decision. Oilers hockey presented by World of Spas. You're listening to Overtime Open Line, presented by Heartland Ford.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630
1: Chad. It's a 4-0 start for your Edmonton Oilers. A 4-3 shootout win over the New Jersey Devils. Had somebody asking on the text line, when was the last time the Oilers won four in a row? Actually, it wasn't that long ago. February 28th to March 7th of last season, they beat Ottawa, Columbus, Buffalo, and Vancouver, that was part of that stretch uh, where they went seven two and two late in the season, but uh, ultimately didn't make up any ground on the final playoff spot in the West. Thanks a lot for uh, staying with us tonight. It is nine oh six. A few more calls, a little more post game reaction. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. And the Shaz is on the line. Go ahead, sir. Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Um, I
3: heard I wasn't uh, was the, uh Elliot Friedman and he said that Alex Petrangelo is on the block. What do you guys think of uh, Wellers pursuing him because of Larson, Larson is out?
1: I don't know how they could afford him. That's, that'd be my yeah, because issue. I'm just yeah. double checking his salary. But,
3: uh, $6.5 million I
1: believe. So you'd have to trade somebody that makes a similar amount. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know why he'd be on the block though. I mean, this is this is the captain of the Stanley Cup championship team. Yeah, I don't understand but, why you would trade him. Yeah,
3: but uh, they
2: acquired Justin Falk uh, from Carolina. No, Justin Falk's, yeah, Justin Falk. true. He's a good hockey player. He ain't Alex Pietrangelo.
1: Yeah, Pietrangelo is in the last year of his contract. I, I don't know. I mean, he's he's a heck of a player. I mean, I mean, here's the thing: if you're doing that, they're probably asking for Ryan Nugent-Hopkins or Bouchard mm-hmm. and somebody else. Okay. Yeah, and then he's he might be a rental player. Right? You know, who knows? Hey, late in the season, if the Oilers are looking really, really good and the Blues are out of it, then I think mm-hmm. I- anything's up for grabs. At, at this point in the year, I, I, I'd i be highly unlikely they'd be a trade of that magnitude, though. He's a good player.
2: Very, very good hockey player.
1: Thanks for calling. Thanks a lot. All right, 780-496-0063. Quickly, back to New Jersey. Big game tonight for Leon Dreisaitl. Here he is. Um...
8: You know, obviously we uh, couldn't really find our find our A game throughout the the whole night. Um, but you know, those nights nice to happen. Um, you know, this league's too good to to just be dominant and and play perfect. Um, you know, every game. So um, it's it's great to see that we can find different ways to win games. Man, you guys are four and zero. How much different is it around here right now? How winning makes everything easier and better, um, but you know, we're working for it. We're, we're playing the right way We're working hard for our wins and um you know, it's great to see it's great to see you guys uh, different guys uh, contribute and, and make a difference every night
0: And it's the yeah, some comeback ones too,
8: right? I mean, so what does that tell you about where you guys can go from here? Yeah, we're a resilient group. Uh, you know, we said that before the season. We're not going to stop um, uh, Until it's over So, um, you know, I'm happy to to be part of this group and, and um, I think we're building our, our game in the right direction
2: Neil, what does it mean to you to see James Neal, who is trying to erase a bad season, what he says last season, and already matching his season total from last? Yeah, it's huge.
8: Um, you know, that's why we got him. I think. Um, you know, obviously Nealer is um, a goal scorer, um, and and uh, he's uh, he's done he's done that so far here. So uh, it's great to see. Uh, I'm very happy for him. But through these first four games, what have you seen as sort of that have been uh, stuff that's been there consistently that's worked for you guys, do you think? Uh, it's just sort of work level. Uh, I think we got all four lines working hard and, and uh, we let our skill uh, kind of just take over from there. and... Um, <laughs> what was that? How dynamic of a playmaker could you say um, uh, Darnell Nurse is? I mean, I had fed you really nice for that um, goal. Uh yeah, it was a great pass. Um you know great look by him. Um I think that, that whole shift was 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 nice for us and um yeah, he made it made it pretty easy for me. All right, Leon
1: Dreisaitl gets a goal in regulation time, gets the only goal in the shootout. Oilers win it 4-3 over the New Jersey Devils. We're we're just going to make winning our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Again, 11 years since the Oilers last started 4-0. We have Phil on line one. Hey, Phil.
9: Hey, guys. What a difference six months makes, eh? Well, it's a good start. One thing that I'm not missing from last year is uh, Scott from
1: Boston. Well, he's called twice already, Phil.
9: Oh, lucky me, I missed him. <laughs> um, Kenny Holland, obviously this summer he rolled up his sleeves and he got to work. The big big uh, complaint that everybody had last year was lack of depth.
1: Depend on the extent of the injury. I think if it were a short-term in, injury, they'd call up Shane Starrett from the minors. If it was longer-term, they'd, they'd either call up Starrett from the minors and he'd have to play sometimes, or they'd go hunting yeah, for a, an extra goalie or a waiver wire pickup.
9: Yeah, we've got lots of we've got lots of options out there to trade. Which is, I mean, full marks to Kenny Holland
1: on this one. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I will we'll see. I mean, here is the thing about the Oilers forwards that are in the depth roles, except for I guess Patrick Russell. They all have some sort of NHL experience. And who, am I missing? Oh, ha- oh, well, I am thinking of Haas and, Nygaard. Haas and Nygaard haven't, yeah. but they're they're older, I guess. They're yeah, do, they're, they're experienced. Okay. They're experienced. They have experience in other leagues, so we'll see. Shea Archibald, Chase on, you know, have a few hundred mm-hmm. NHL games. Grandland have a few hundred NHL games under their belt. Holland wanted guys who could grind out shifts, get the occasional goal, and at least tie the game for the big guys to go out and win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to this point, they haven't really scored. The grinding's gone okay. The penalty killing, I think we can say, has been very good. We'll we'll see how it uh, we'll we'll see how it goes along. Um, you know, last year again, and I know Leon said they're working hard, and they are, but I, I didn't. Until the last two weeks of the season when the Oilers were just deflated, I didn't think they were a lazy team. I thought they were just an overmatched team. I agree. I mean, you had Joe Gambardella. I think he works his butt off, but he's in the AHL. Josh Curry's in the AHL. Sam Gagne is now back in the AHL. He was playing, you know, so they had, there's at least a line's worth of guys, and there were probably more we could lump in. The Oilers were just overmatched in the bottom six because their top two scorers were two and four of the NHL.
2: Well, they, actually, I don't think it was just the bottom six. I think it was the bottom eight. I mean, you look take away Ryan Nugent Hopkins off the second line, and you had, again, guys who were playing in positions that they weren't capable of having success in. The Oilers had a top four, and they had Chase on, who was very good on the power play early in the season. He, he slowed down considerably as the season went on as well. Uh, the Oilers, they, I, again, I don't think they were outworked. They were just... Um, I mean, they were,
1: they were outworked through lack of
2: well, but talent they, and experience. Yeah, but I, that's right? not like being that's... outworked. I, I think that the players that played gave that's everything right. they had. They right. just they didn't have enough. I mean, if you play, if the Edmonton Oilers go play against Bakersfield Condors, Bakersfield could work as hard as they want. They could be they could have the best games of their lives with work ethic, but their skill level's not good enough. And I think a lot of the times last year, the Oilers had AHL players. Playing in their bottom six against NHL players, and most nights most you're going to lose. That
1: that that showed. So we'll see if these guys. Uh, I mean, I think Shayen's been very good when he's played. Yep. He Missed obviously. He's he been good.
2: Russell's win. been good. Uh, Kara, after a slow start, has been better. Uh, Nygaard has shown some speed. Uh, Haas has uh, a little quieter, but has been. He, he hasn't hurt you. The only one that I think has uh, been a little underwhelming thus far has been Granlund, who of all of them was probably the lock to be on this team. The other guys were hopeful, uh, a Haas or a Nygaard would work out. I think Grand, Grandlin was brought in with the, he, he was making this team. Like that was, all right, he's on our yeah. team. And I think of all the players right now, he's probably been the most underwhelming well, of the guys.
1: And speaking of work, I mean, Patrick Russell worked his way out of the team.
2: Oh, he has. And he, Patrick Russell, if you could use one word for him right now, it's appreciative. He's appreciative of the opportunity he's getting. And it shows every time he steps on the ice.
1: All right, we have a bus on the line. Go ahead, a bus. Hey, guys, what's up? Just plugging away, buddy.
3: Oh, my God. I remember last year I was criticizing Kosky, but, oh, my God, he proved me wrong this year. Yeah, he, he's like the ultimate superstar tonight. I don't know how he improved his game, but is this guy going to get more minutes, and he's, and he's going to... And is he going
1: to be, like, playoff material for next year? Well, well, I'm not going to hesitate to use, use the P word. He has, like we were talking about earlier, I, I, I would think, I, I'd be surprised if, uh, if an Oilers fan was unhappy regardless of who was announced as the starting goalie for Saturday. I agree. I think that's, you know, four games in. You can, nice make, little check mark. you
2: can make an argument either way. You can make an argument, you know what, Koskinen tired last year. You don't want to tire him out. You don't want to have Smith wait too long before his next start. On the other hand, Koskinen's been the better of the two through four games and probably deserves the crease. So you can go either way on this. I believe that in the next two games, they'll each play one. I guess you can decide which guy plays which game.
1: Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout. Here's Robert. Go ahead, Robert.
6: Hello, gentlemen. This is old Robert, another day older, still slow. I just wanted to follow up on a conversation that we had a couple of days ago, making sure they didn't change the rules on us, but I believe we won the game tonight, and that is worth how
1: much? It's worth two points, Robert.
6: It is worth two points. So to all those naysayers... Take a look at the standings for the whole league, and I think you'll see EDM at the top with eight points,
1: tied with Carolina. That's right, buddy. Rematch of absolutely. 06,
6: so I just want to give a shout out to Jack. I love the way he closed the broadcast. Break up the Oilers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Robert. We appreciate it. We're going to take a quick timeout back with John on the open line. The Oilers are indeed. 4-0. This is Overtime Open Line for Heartland Ford.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers
1: Radio, 630 chat. And on the Edmonton Trailers scoreboard, the Flames have just beaten the Stars 3-2 in a shootout. In the third, 2-2 between the Bruins and the Avs. Second period, Arizona leading Vegas 3-1. The Sharks get their first win, 5-4 over Chicago. Jets knock off the Wild 5-2. Predators outscore the Capitals 6-5. Blues over Ottawa 6-4. Penguins hand the Ducks their first loss, 2-1 the final. Red Wings over the Canadians 4-2. Lightning beat Toronto 7-3. Baseball tonight, Houston moves on, 6-1 win over Tampa Bay. And Thursday night football, New England will win up thirty-five fourteen on the Giants with two minutes left. And of course, right here on six thirty, Chad in a shootout, the Oilers beat the New Jersey Devils four three. John, go ahead.
5: Oh, hey, Reid here. Rob, um, isn't it great to be on the the winning side of a deal like James Neal for Lucic? <laughs> That's funny, man. I mean, uh, uh, I never thought we'd get like. I didn't think we'd get a warm body for Lucic. I thought we were going to have to hold on to him. He was going to Seattle in the expansion draft. We'd have to give him a second-round pick just to get rid of him or something. But, I mean, Lucic for Neil, that, like, uh, oh, my God, I can't believe Kenny did that. But um, Or was able to pull that off, I should say. Reed, um I know it's early, and I don't know if you heard this yet, Rob, or anything, but, like, um, do you know how what kind of a start Jesse Pogliarvi's off to? Is he, like, floating around?
1: Like He was disease? doing well. Uh, I haven't checked for a few days. I'll quickly pull up his stats. I think he had four goals in the first didn't he have four goals in the first five games or something?
2: I didn't see that. I Sorry. thought he had. I thought he had, had points.
1: points. Yeah, he has I, eight points in nine games. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. Three goals, that's five okay. assists.
5: Yeah, and like it's so much like like that other caller just said. Isn't doesn't six six months makes a huge difference? Like now we got some prospects. Like I wouldn't move any of them, but we got like Bouchard and Broberg, and we got. T- um, uh, Oh, I just forgot uh in ben, the minors and and uh you know it's just and uh all we got to do now is get rid of Koskinen and I think he's probably going to go to Seattle in the expansion draft and then and then Kenny can just he's like a magician or something man I mean uh um I, it's great having him on board and thank god good riddance to, to Shirelli. I can't believe he even his name even got mentioned for the Minnesota job but it it did I was just almost shocked when I heard yeah. that but Well uh,
1: John I'm going to troll you a little bit here Shirelli did draft some of those guys that you like coming along
5: well, no, true enough. True enough. Like, yeah, Benson was a good pick, and uh, uh, Bouchard. But you know, you and me could have picked Bouchard. And uh, but uh, I know, but like, I mean, just you know, Koskinen, and all, like, I
1: don't need to go. You know, no, we got. He's but, gone now, so we'll we'll, yeah. we'll move on from that. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah, so far, yeah, okay, Holland's uh, all I got to think. moves have looked okay. Thanks, John. We appreciate it. All right, uh, if you're on hold. Uh, I'm not going to be able to bring you on. Uh, I can talk to you quickly off air after the show, but we do have to hand the radio station over to some other programming. Oilers now is from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Obviously more on the Oilers. We'll tee up the game between the Eskimos and the Lions. We'll talk a little about the Edmonton Oil Kings as they have two home games on the the weekend as well. So it's going to be exciting. Patriots have closed it out 35-14 over the Giants. You can get more on 630ched.com. Big thanks to Brendan Escott, our studio producer this evening. Doubleheader Saturday, 9.30 faceoff show, 11 o'clock start of the game, Oilers-Rangers, 3.30 countdown to kickoff, 5 o'clock kickoff, Eskimos trying to clinch a playoff spot against Mike Riley and the BC Lions. Going to be a big day. The Oilers are indeed 4-0, a dramatic and controversial tying goal. On the power play with the goalie pulled late in the third. And then they win it in a shootout 4-3 over the New Jersey Devils. Oilers Hockey presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Fork. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night.